J.M. in the A.M. Monday. Thank you very much for my Goldwasser. Well, we uh, we heard last week that there are some challenges during the um, COVID-19 situation when it comes to kosher food and kosher Pesach food specifically for the upcoming holiday. Remember, Purim is this Friday, which means that Pesach is one month or four weeks from this coming Saturday night. I know that does scare some people, but it is essentially right around the corner. Menachem Lubinsky is with us live via telephone, president of Lubicom, the founder of Kosher Fest and editor of Kosher Today, and can shed some light on what's happening out there in the industry during this very interesting time. Menachem Lubinsky, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, thank you very much, Nachum. I'm delighted to be back. But yeah, this was indeed a very challenging year because, number one, the supply of the foods for Pesach, which uh, largely came from China and from Israel in previous years, was was challenged. And the fact that uh, the factories in China were early on were closed and did not reopen until sometime in the summer. Uh, Israel had its own problems. Uh, remember that with the COVID, uh, it, it only took uh, one or two inc- incidents of COVID in order to shut a plant. But yet somehow they all came through and uh, the products were delivered on time. They all arrived here at port and we're going to have a full supply of the products. Now, there are many other challenges uh, that, that we had last year that we hope we won't have this year. Last year we had challenges of, of ship, ship, uh, shippers not shipping. We had problems of trucks breaking down. We had personnel that didn't show up. Uh, we had a lot of product that was already pre-produced uh, sat on the shelves because of the fact that the Pesach programs did, didn't open. And those products were originally destined for the Pesach programs and had to be redistributed to to retail, which worked out okay because retail in the end survived, even though a lot of it moved online. There was major, major changes in the industry, which I certainly, doing the show for uh, the Kosher Fest for 31 years, never anticipated would happen. Uh, Take a look, for example, at the new products uh, that come out for Pesach. I would say in 2019, we counted about 400 new items that came out for Pesach this year, I could barely half. But the fact that they, they, they came out at all, when there were no shows to go to to buy product, where right. salesmen were not able to travel the world in order to find product. So this, this, the, whole, the whole game of the kosher food, not the whole industry, uh, was turned on its face by, by this whole COVID. But yet, we're, as, you, as you mentioned, we're a month away from Pesach, and I don't think we're going to find anything wanting. In fact, there may be even more product because uh, I would say roughly about 20% of the Pesach programs and resorts and hotels and other places will be open this year, which means that a lot of product will not go to food service, but instead will be, be on retail shelves. Menachem Lubinsky is with us live via telephone. So a couple of things based on what you just told us. We don't realize the impact that work in uh, the summer and September and October has on Pesach. I mean, what happens half a year ago in places like China and probably other areas of the world, Israel specifically, uh, has a tremendous impact and really could slow down the process even with a delay of a month or so. Sure. Well, you know, uh, the industry has gone through a tremendous amount of changes and uh, the, the, the resources, the places where kosher food come from, no longer uh, is so much produced in the United States. There really is only one 
producer of matzah in the entire United States, and that's strikes. I'm not talking Machine about Shmura matzah. Right. Shmura matzah is already produced. I know f- factories that open up in August and begin to produce Shmura matzah. Uh, they, they weren't under so much pressure this year because a lot of that product went out to a lot of the hotels in advance all over the world. And, and this year they didn't have that challenge, unfortunately. But the, the, the recovery was, was pretty swift. Um, I, I know from the supermarkets, the uh, deliveries were right on time. Right now, all of the supermarkets are stocked already with Pesach products. Uh, come the day after Pesach, all of the stores will be opening their Pesach aisles. After Purim, the day after Purim. The day after Purim, sorry. They will op- be opening their Pesach aisles. Uh, some have opened already m- much earlier. Uh, all of the product that was, that was due from Israel came in from Israel. I would say that roughly about 60 to 70 percent of all product that is sold here for Pesach is produced in Israel. Because the machine matzahs, as you said, only have one uh, manufacturer here in the United States, so I'm assuming the majority of that matzah that we have, the machine matzah, does come from Israel. Now, there was a rumor that there, would actually, there was actually a possibility of a matzah shortage here for Pesach. Did that rumor start because of the lack of travel and trade between Israel and the United States? That was partial, part of the problem. The other problem was that the uh, we have now these large kosher food banks all over the United States, and they're buying a tremendous amount of product, and there was a fear that they would buy up all of the products before the consumers would actually get into the retail stores. Mm. So there were reasons for why people thought there was going to be a shortage. But Israel produced every last matzah that they did last year and some. Um, we have Remember, Manischewitz today is owned by, by Kedem, right. no longer an independent company. But uh, the good news is that Manischewitz is producing a lot, many more products for Pesach than they ever did before because a lot of the products that, for example, you might find in a Geffen package are also produced in Manischewitz for, for sale in most of the general markets outside of the real Haredi of from areas. Right. So it's, there's been a lot of change. I mean, uh, you take a distributor like Quality, is no, no longer owned by the Zemel family, is now owned by the Bistritsky family. There were a lot of changes. But when it comes to Pesach, um, you, you'll find a lot more products. For example, one of the fastest-growing aisles on Pesach has been the snack aisle. Right. A lot of attention has been on the snack aisle because people go on trips. Um, there's a need for the lot Canaan Hara. There's a lot of children that want snacks. So the snack aisle in on, on Pesach grew in the last three years almost 300 percent. A lot of frozen items that were never produced before for Pesach are now produced for Pesach. You used to you used to find paper papered over the freezer doors used to be covered because mostly everything was chametz. Now you go on Pesach to the freezer doors and a lot of freezer doors are open. So a, a, a lot has changed. Um, online has been a major major change. Um, a lot of people shop for Pesach online. Now we have uh, Kedem just opened a supermarket online called Passover.com in which they're going to be selling everything a supermarket sells for. Pesach right online. The online thing, uh, the online shopping has become one of the re- direct results of COVID, which I believe is here to stay. Uh, some people tell me that it has increased two to three hundred percent, but it is not waning. Even when people are going back to the supermarket, it's been 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 a major change. So it, it, it's, it's interesting that this, despite the fact that we went through. I would say a very traumatic experience with COVID, 
and there was every reason for us to have shortages, uh, we, we will not be wanting for everything. Also, one other, one other point, there's a lot more home cooking than there ever was before. Um, that's why the company stepped up producing more ingredients for baking, for example, which we, we never had before. Almost every type of ingredient that could be produced for Pesach is being produced for Pesach. But looking through the products, unfortunately, I don't have what people ask me, what's the revolutionary product for Pesach? So I, I used to, I mean, years ago, I said breadcrumbs, and then I said kosher pizza. I don't have anything that's that revolutionary, yeah, but well, almost everything that can be. Because they've done it all. Because they've done it all already. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> left to do frankly um two categories i need to ask you about first of all the the, the pesach programs you mentioned do you have i mean you, you said 20 percent. is that is that a reliable i, I don't know if you meant that it's an estimate or you know if there's been no, real no, i got i got this this number the 20 percent from guys who are tracking it and have online programs with listings because i'm shocked 20 percent are open even even the programs that did open are not at full capacity right. because of the restrictions of social distancing. But I'm even shocked that 20% are open, frankly. Yes. It, uh, you know, initially when they began to advertise, most of the hotels would tell you a lot of interest but no deposits. Right. But eventually, as things are getting closer, and even up to the last minute, people are already interested. In maybe maybe people are are just trying to get out of the uh, of being in the house and yeah. trying to socialize once again. I don't blame. But, them. but from the, on the other hand. Uh, a lot of family sedorum will continue to be smaller because there won't be travel. The restrictions, for example, from Israel to travel to the United States yeah. are ongoing. Just so, so the families that used to be a large sedorum with large families getting together will be smaller. All of that has an impact on retail sales. And, you know, retailers know this, and they watch this very carefully. Speak but on the other hand... Um, the, the the food service, which used to be a tremendous amount, a percentage of the Pesach sales, is way down from what it used to be years ago. Yeah, and I'm sure. Menachem Lubinsky is with us. All right, the other statistic, if you have it, I don't know if anybody has it. Do we have an estimate, a guess, a clue as to what percentage of kosher restaurants, eateries, I don't know what, you know, I don't know where the pizza shops fall into what category, etc., I mean, uh, food service where people are used to, uh, you know, going in, sitting down, and uh, and having something to eat. Do we have any idea how many of those establishments, unfortunately, are either going to close or not reopen? I have seen numbers. I've seen the, the fact that in Manhattan alone, uh, somewhat on the order of uh, eighteen or nineteen uh, restaurants closed in wow. the last eighteen months. Wow. Um, there are a couple others that are that are on the block, but at the same time, you know, th 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 this is amazing about the kosher restaurant business. I hear, I constantly hear news about people opening restaurants. Yeah, it's insane. You know, it's. Uh, I, I always tell people that the restaurant industry has an interesting has an interesting uh, dynamic. You know, one guy can fail and then. A day later, somebody says, you know, I'll, I'll make it, and I open up in the same place. And this goes not only for kosher restaurants, but for restaurants in general. Uh, you know, Tony couldn't do it right, but I could do it right. right. You know, and uh, uh, thankfully, I think right after Pesach, I think we're going to see a, a resurgence of, of more, more and more people going out and the restaurants opening and the summer being what it is. Um, e even in, in cities like Miami and L.A., uh, the restaurants seem to have recovered very, very nicely. Well, Miami makes sense. L.A., they've been closed like here, but Miami makes sense where they've been so well, much Miami, more open. Miami, they have outdoor dining, and I, and I just received pictures yesterday from somebody. I mean, they really 
uh, they really picked up their game. These places became beautiful with lighting outside, and they they made the whole thing an experience. Uh, the outside dining. So um, uh, I I think in the end we're going to be okay. I mean, uh, how do, how do... right after Pesach things are going to begin to go back to normal, and everybody says whatever normal is, but there, there definitely will be changes in the kosher industry uh, as a result of COVID. Uh, one of them is going to be online, and another another one is going to be we we see more and more sidewalk pickups and and deliveries. A lot of restaurants became takeout places, right. which they never in a million years thought that they would be, be takeout places. Caterers went into catering into private homes. This became an industry all of a sudden, where you you couldn't get a caterer uh, for, for no money. Today you can find caterers that will want to come and do your whole Pesach in your house. I heard so, that's. So a, I heard there, that's there a, a lot of changes and a lot of changes that are going to stick. I heard that's a trend. People got used to the convenience and the habit of, of shopping that way. I heard that's a trend in both Florida and Nevada, where people are uh, actually going with groups of people to different homes that they're renting for Pesach and bringing along a caterer who's going to take care of all the food. That's true, but the the, the big city that's going to have the, the majority of that is going to be Orlando, right. where people actually rented houses and there are caterers there. Are, there are truckloads of food coming down from various supermarkets that are delivering food to, the, to these places. So, and, and that in itself is a new development that started about a couple of years ago. There's this whole notion of uh, developing uh, pop-up communities, I call them. Like in Orlando, all of a sudden there's a shul and there are people going there and, uh, and they have separate swimming and they create a, an instant community for about eight or nine days, whether it's Sukkot or Pesach. So they, they, these have all become been a very, very interesting Developments within the industry, the good developments. It shows it shows a lot of growth, and uh, look, the the industry as a whole, during the COVID and and this past couple of months, the industry continue, continues to grow. The kosher industry grew 12 percent in 2020 while there was a COVID going on. Unbelievable! It doesn't yeah. even make, it, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. But <laughs> you know, it's a uh, part of part of the miracle that surrounds Pesach. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know how the average person who runs a restaurant in this area, forget about Miami for a second, I don't know how the average person who runs a restaurant or a business that really depends on a lot of foot traffic doesn't necessarily have to be a restaurant. It could be a bakery that, you know, that depends on a lot of foot traffic. I just don't know how they've survived. We're, talk well, we're survived talking about, we're talking about 12. Way. First of all, they were able to cut a lot of overhead. For example, take a restaurant that was not, not open for indoor dining and only had outdoor dining or, or didn't have dining at all, only had takeout. They got rid of their entire wait staff that they didn't have to pay. The, the cost of, giving, of, of doing takeout is a lot less than having in-store in, in dining and having people in the kitchen and washing dishes all the time and cleaning cleaning the restaurant on a constant basis. A lot of restaurants, when uh, not, not kosher restaurants, when they were told they could open for indoor dining, said, no, no, wait, we, we, like, we like the model the way we have it right now. We're not necessarily in a rush to go back to the old model. And the reason for that was that they were able to cut costs and to do things much more efficiently, in addition to which they also, all of them, got some money from the PPP program which right. is the stimulus program, which helped them get through. If they retained a, a certain percentage of their employees, they were able to get money for that. So somehow they survived. Those that survived survived, and those that didn't, unfortunately, didn't. And we had some some real good flagship kosher restaurants that closed down. You know, a restaurant like Abigail's, for example, right. which for so many years was, was a flagship restaurant or... or um, can go right down the list, but thankfully, uh, I think I think we're gonna, we're really going to be okay.
Do you hear from people in the um, in the cruise and hotel industry? Because as terrible as uh, restaurants have been hit over the last eleven months, I mean, we're talking about a couple of industries that basically shut down. Maybe hotels, not as much as cruises, but there's just no business whatsoever. I mean, can they bounce back? Well, they tried, but they found it to be very hard. But one of the things, that, one of the problems they had is if you booked a hotel for Pesach, for example, the hotel or the resort would require you to give them a minimum uh, that you a minimum number of people that you were going to have. Now, obviously, with this kind of uh, environment, you, you're not able to give any kind of guarantee that you can bring a certain number of people. So the hotels became more realistic. So hotels that used to ask uh, for four or five hundred people as a guarantee are okay with 150. Right. So that that minimized the stress on these operators because they didn't have to bring as many people, and they were able to still book a quality hotel and um, slowly slowly begin to. to to reopen a, 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 what you call it is a very very lucrative inter- industry, and a lot of people depend on it for their for their livelihoods. Yeah. So uh, so th- th- they they all hope that this year will be a transition year with the with the vaccine, that things will go back to to normal next year. So uh, a, a lot of places are already planning for uh, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I uh, think uh, any, I think anybody that survives this, if you can get through the next few months. I think people will have such an incredible desire to travel, such an incredible desire just to you know, to go. Right. So a lot of the a lot of these operators told me that they are looking not only for to open Pesach programs, but they to do midwinter, to do Hanukkah programs, to do a middle of the year because people just want to get yeah, away and no they want to go to a kosher place. They don't want to bother with schlepping along food, yeah. and they want to go to different different uh, places to see different places all over the world. Uh, I'm surprised, like places in Italy. Uh, Cancun uh, are, are all doing very well for yeah. Pesach. No question about it. People are, even even though you know some people are still not traveling, uh, air travel is certainly not what it, what it was. But uh, nevertheless, and look uh, look at Florida during the midwinter, you, you couldn't walk into a restaurant. Or I, I was there during uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend. Uh, people were waiting on the sidewalk for, for for hours to get a table. Unbelievable. Menachem Lubinsky, I assume people could subscribe to your weekly Kosher Today? All they have to do is to go to koshertoday.com and, uh, it, and opt in, and they'll get, get a free subscription and get that. Uh, it comes out every two weeks and has all the industry trends and all of this, uh, the, the, the latest news in the kosher industry, uh, which uh, about, I would say about 60% of our um, uh, readership is uh, trade. Uh, we used to have the White House chef during the uh, Trump years, who was a subscriber. Have many, many of the uh, big corporations have the executives subscribe. So it's, uh, it's if you're in the industry or close to the industry, or like some people say, I'm in the industry because I eat the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then, then it's a good thing to subscribe to. All right, and uh, guarantee us that between Purim and Pesach this year, it'll be smooth sailing. Everything. Well, it, right now it looks like smooth sailing. You never know at the last minute where a, a shortage or, or appears. You know, one one year it was margarine, uh, one year it was ketchup. You never know. But hopefully, from what I'm hearing from the distributors and what I'm hearing from the retailers, it looks like that they're well stocked. Halavaya should be a shortage of kosher yeah. pesach ketchup. Believe me, <laughs> we don't need that stuff. All right, uh, yeah. thank you very much, Menachem Lubinsky, and a very happy Purim to you. Thank you very much. The same to you. Menachem Lubinsky, editor of Kosher Today, founder of Kosher Fest, and uh, plenty of info he's got.
about the, the latest and greatest in the world of kosher food, especially this very interesting tidbit that I just learned, that there's one manufacturer of machine matzah in this country, and the rest comes from outside the United States at this point. Wow, go tell that to our American ancestors. Unbelievable. More coming up. It's a Monday, Purim week, JM in the AM.